0: Good morning and grace and peace to you from the resurrected Jesus Christ. It is good to be with you uh, on this morning uh, to come together in worship and uh, to come around the sacred text of John chapter 20 on the second Sunday of the Easter season. This is our fifth Sunday uh, meeting by this format and our prayer is that we'll be able to be together soon um uh, when it is uh, safe and wise to do so okay so last sunday we had the gift of celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ but did you know that Chicago's mayor Lori Lightfoot was with Jesus on that morning and he told she told him it was still wasn't safe to come out uh anyway today we uh, continue this celebration even though it may be difficult Uh, to do so, um, given this COVID-19 reality. I'm sure that many of us last Sunday, for many of us, last Sunday was filled with uh, many contradicting contradicting emotions and feelings. Celebration, joy, happiness, feelings of consolation that Jesus indeed has risen from the dead, sits at God's right hand, is in control. Uh, While also feeling more alone, isolated, fearful, depressed, and other emotions of desolation. Uh, If you recall, this was uh, also true of our resurrection story, Matthew 28, uh, verses 1 through 10. There was a wide range of emotion here as well, joy yet fearful. The resurrection story can um, hold the weight of all the emotion. So it may have been the most difficult Easter that we have um, ever had. Yes, Jesus' resurrection victory, sweet, while worry, anxiety over this pandemic, and not being able to gather with extended family or with the church family here at Metamora Mennonites. It was difficult, but I am curious, though, you know, after the celebration, after being reminded of the story of Jesus' victory over death and the gift of new life, how was Monday morning for you? What was it like to go back to the realities that we've been living in for about five weeks now? Was there anything that had changed for you? And and what about this past week? Was there any immediate, noticeable difference in your life after being reminded of the amazing story of the resurrection? So. I don't know the answer to that question for you, Um, but if your answer was no, not much difference, I want you to know that it's okay if there wasn't much difference or change, because you're in good company. This was the first uh, disciples uh, of Jesus. It was their experience as well, because resurrection takes time. Resurrection takes time. Again, uh, these are unfamiliar times that we are in, but we are blessed to engage today with a very familiar story, a story that includes one of the, those early early followers of Jesus named Thomas, uh, often called Doubting Thomas, uh, and we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, with our text in verse 19, it says, On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, the doors were locked for the fear of the Jewish leaders. Now, if you were to read uh, this passage from our Pew Bibles here at the church, uh, you would notice that the doors were locked for the fear of the Jews. Okay? The new NIV translation has added Jewish leaders uh, to that, and rightly so. Because during Holy Week, as well as the Gospel of John, anti-Semitism can creep into our thoughts and our minds. Uh, we need to be reminded that uh, it was the Jewish ruling authorities, okay, um, who were corrupt, and at this particular time in history, not the whole Jewish nation. So I've attached an insert for your viewing. You can look at that. Um, I've attached that in the email on this topic. I found it helpful and may it serve as a good resource for you as well. Okay, so that was just a sort of a side note. But now let's look at this fear. Uh, it's reasonable, right? <laughs> I mean, these are the same leaders who were very unkind <clears throat> to Jesus uh, and it makes sense that the disciples would be in hiding. Total sense. <clears throat> uh, biblical commentator David Henson says it this way: uh, In truth, Easter absorbs both joy and triumph as well as fear and disbelief, and is irreducible uh, to just one experience of it. Or of it. It would be easier if Easter were only trumpet blasts and hallelujahs, or it might even be easier if if, if Easter were only fear and disbelief. But Easter is all of this. It holds all of it, even contradictory emotions, and makes them one. Now, by this time, the word had spread from Mary's witness about the fact of the empty tomb. So there must have been discussion amongst the disciples about this news. Have you ever wondered, that perhaps something that added to the fear inside of that room is that when they would see Jesus again, would he be mad? Would he be upset? Uh, perhaps disappointed in them, hence driving up even more fear. Uh, when when Jesus is, uh, what what will Jesus be reaction? What will his reaction be to their deserting him, running away from him in his time of need? Denying that they even knew him, uh, would the wrath of God come through Jesus at this time, or you know, or even maybe even worse? I'm not mad. I'm just super disappointed, super disappointed in you guys. However, as the story goes, Jesus come, Jesus came and stood among them and said, "Peace be with you." After he said this, he showed, him, uh, showed them his hand and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Jesus' first words, peace and shalom, well-being. As the Greek reads here, a wide possibility of meeting can, um, can be given. Peace to you. Peace for you. Peace be with you. Peace by you. And peace in you. Uh, This is also a a plural you as well, okay? So it's for the whole group, not just the individual, which I think Americans need to be reminded of often. So the fact of the empty tomb wasn't enough. It was his assurance of peace is what made all the difference. For when this is given, then the, the, the disciples were what? They were overjoyed. So the story continues. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Again, he says, peace. And here we have what some call the, the, the mini Pentecost, okay? The giving of the Holy Spirit. Wait, I thought that was in Acts chapter 2. When that happens, and Jesus wasn't even with them. Well, yes, but why not now? Why not from Jesus himself? I like this reading in John. Uh, this reading brings a closer connection between Jesus and his church. Jesus was sent by his father, and the church, we are sent by Jesus. So the beginning of this new community, the church is not separated from the Easter story. In John, the gift of the Spirit and the commission of the church occur on Easter evening that night. So may this serve um, us as a reminder that the church's life is intimately bound to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Our service uh, this morning uh, began with a song called Breathe from the Brilliance. This is David Gunger, Michael Gunger's brother, who was here at Metamore Midnight uh, back in August of 2017. The lyrics say, Oh, Spirit of God, here with us now, giving us life again. Breathe. Breathe on us now. Fill us with your love. Send us with your power, Spirit of God. So a note for me, I mean, they received the Spirit here in this moment, and there was not one recorded reaction from the disciples, uh, not from this story. No response at this time. That's just interesting to me. But Jesus breathed on them. And as with much of the Gospel of John, here again, there's a strong connection with John and Genesis, okay? Uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Okay? Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God breathed uh, into Adam's nostrils the breath of life. So there in Genesis, we have God breathing in, uh, breathing life into a human being. And here in John, we have Jesus breathing life into his church, breathing life into his church. So, I just want to just take a moment, even now, and place ourselves in that room, behind the locked doors. We have received the news of the empty tomb, and this has stirred us in various ways. Jesus comes, and he stands in our midst. Greetings of peace come, and then he breathes out. So let's just pause and take notice of your breathing. Breathing in and breathing out. We want to hear and feel the Lord Jesus' breath as he exhales. Now breathe. In breathe in this life-giving breath. Just an invitation to, to repeat this over the next few moments. Jesus is with you. Jesus is with us. As he breathes out, he invites you to breathe in of his goodness. Of his grace. Of life and love. Let us breathe that in together. So Jesus continues If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So it's easy to skip over this and get to Thomas's story, but let's just pause here and really consider what's going on. Why does Jesus say this? This thing in particular about forgiveness. I mean, he's just been raised from the dead. He could talk about what it's been like for him in the past three days in the grave. Uh, He could be asked of them, hey, what did I miss when I was dead? Uh, did it did it rain on Saturday? Uh, it was supposed to uh did you miss me? Did you miss me? Um, but this is what he says. He speaks of forgiveness of sins again it's 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 just a good thing that I'm not Jesus right because forgiveness would have been the furthest thing from my from my mind with the people that are gathered in that particular room I mean. I would have been guilt-tripping them. I mean, after everything I've done for you guys, shame would have been the name of the game. Uh, I thought you loved me. No. Forgiveness. That's what he speaks about. Jesus is inviting the new community into the same forgiveness that he is now modeling right here and right now in this moment. Uh, with the disciples the same forgiveness that he also demonstrated when he hung on the roman execution stake saying father forgive them for they know not what they are doing and remember uh, this invitation comes right after jesus saying to them i am sending you well sending you to do what well many things they will discover but of primary importance would be i'm sending you on a mission of forgiveness forgiveness All right so I just want to pause here and just maybe just hold a couple questions one question I invite us to hold together is where in my life where in my relational network uh, do I need to grant or offer forgiveness And we have, a, we have a similar question. Okay. Where in my life, my relational network, am I in need? I am in need of forgiveness. Let's hold that question. So, this new community, the church, is to be marked and characterized by the forgiveness of sins. and our our text continues. Jesus appears to Thomas. now Thomas, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when he came. so the other disciples told him, "We have seen the Lord." But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. A week later, a week later, okay, eight days, seven days, actually it's eight days in the translation, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked once again, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen, yet have believed. I mean, a couple of observations. Isn't it odd or just strange that the disciples are still in the same room behind the same locked doors? Uh, I mean, if the resurrection was such a seismic event, all of Jerusalem shook. Uh, it, um, you know, if it was to be a life-changing event, why are they still locked up in the same place? <laughs> I mean, it appears that after a week, not much had changed. Not much had changed. I mean, let's go, disciples. Uh, You have the Holy Spirit now, don't you? Uh, Didn't Jesus send you to do something? Uh, It's rather easy. I don't know about you, but it's rather easy for me uh, to be critical of the disciples here in this story. And I would argue it's rather easy to be critical of ourselves as well. I mean, I should be living into this resurrection reality more than I am. Why isn't there more life or more change in my life since being reminded of the story last Sunday? All right. So, okay, you know how two weeks ago here, uh, the, 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 the weather here in central Illinois, was just beautiful, like 65, 66, almost 70 degrees. The flowers were in bloom, the birds were singing, the, the squirrels were frolicking. Okay? Uh, there were signs of new life all around us. <laughs> then this past week, it snowed twice. got really cold, and all those signs of new life became a thing of the past, or at least hidden from sight. The point being, resurrection takes time. New life takes time. I mean, there's a beautiful story of transformation that is unfolding, and it simply takes time to do so. And resurrection is not something that just happens once. It's something that we are invited uh, to grow into, okay? Each and every day, God's grace invites us into the resurrected life. Because I don't know about you, but for me, it's been my experience that the work of the Spirit. Takes time. The work of the Spirit takes time. Yes, last week with the empty tomb, it was merely the evidence of a resurrection. It was a starting point, a moment in time, a snapshot that something new is beginning. John's, uh, John shared a snapshot of something new that was happening uh, with the spring beauties on his bike ride from Friday. Uh, It was a snapshot. It was a moment of time. It's not the full story. It's only the evidence of something new that is being birthed. The story isn't over. The disciples' story isn't over. And our story isn't over. Your stories of resurrection are in process. So we look at Thomas, and yes, Thomas is often referred to as what? Doubting Thomas, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, I, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. So why is this Thomas's nickname? OK? Because it's only the starting point for him, only a snapshot in his unfolding story of resurrection. I mean, just as easily, Thomas could have been nicknamed Confessing Thomas. My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Tradition has it that um, for Thomas, being sent for him, this meant going all the way to India. He carried the good news to the good people of India, and he was martyred for it. So he shouldn't be known as Doubting Thomas. I mean, he was confessing Thomas. He was witnessing Thomas. From his starting point, doubting, to dying for his beliefs. This was to be his resurrection story. So Thomas had a starting place. We all have a starting place. Whatever is true in your life today, Whatever your circumstances may be, it's just the starting point. It's the starting point of your story of resurrection. So today, you may be experiencing loss and loneliness. And Jesus stands with you. And he says, peace be with you. Today, you may be experiencing joy and gratitude. Jesus stands with you and he says, "Peace, be with you." You may be experiencing illness and uncertainty. Jesus stands with you and says, "Peace, be with you." You may be experiencing fear, darkness, confusion, and Jesus stands with you, and he says, "Peace." be with you. Rest and renewal might be your experience. Jesus stands with you and he says, peace, be with you. You may be experiencing anxiousness or and or frustration. Jesus stands with you and says, peace, be with you. So, whatever your experience, or wherever you may be on this day, may it just be the starting point of a new, re- a new resurrection in your life. But not just for your sake alone, but a transformation for the sake of Christ and for the sake of others. I mean, today's story, I mean, it called out to us. It beckons us. To leave the rooms that you may find yourself locked in. So, may Jesus breathe peace and life into you, into us. And may Jesus breathe hope and courage into you and into us. And may Jesus breathe strength and resilience into you and into us. So, let us receive that breath. to take it all in, to let it fill you up and to bring new life because we are being sent even while we are locked in our homes. Jesus is calling you, calling us to mission. Jesus stands with you. And now may we stand with the world and offer this same peace. Amen.